This week's episode of the UXR podcast is brought to you by Lookback. Lookback provides the tools to help UX teams to interact with real users in real time and in real contexts. It's Lookback's mission to humanize technology by bridging the gap between end users and product teams. Lookback's customers range from one-person teams building web and app experiences to the world's largest research organizations, collectively ensuring that humanity is at the core of every product decision. Are you talking to your users enough? If not, learn how at lookback.io. Hey, UX research enthusiasts. I'm your host, Alec Levin. I'm really excited that you're joining us here for the inaugural episode of the UXR podcast. For our first episode, we are speaking to someone really special. We're talking to Christina Janzer, who's the Director of Research and Analytics at Slack. We cover a few different things in this episode, starting with her story and journey into research, what it means to be a leader in research, and specifically how she built the research team at Slack. There's a ton of great insights from her decade plus long experience as a research leader uh, from companies like Slack and Facebook. Hope you enjoy this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you on the other side. Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Alec Levin. I'm the host of the UXR podcast, and it is my absolute pleasure to be joined this morning by none other than Christina Janzer. She is the Director of Research and Analytics at Slack. Um, she gave an incredible talk with her colleague Mike Massimi at UXR Conf last year, and today she's joining us to talk a little bit about uh, research culture, research leadership, uh, and how to make research work really, really well at your organization. So, Thank you for joining us, Christina. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, let's let's start at the beginning, yeah, if we can, maybe the beginning of your career. I think a lot of researchers have really unique stories of how they got into research and, and for you, how you ended up and the role you're at at Slack. Uh, can you walk us through a bit of your sort of personal history of making this transition into research as a discipline and the role you're in today? Yes, absolutely. So my, my journey to research, like you said, it, it was, it's a little bit unique. So I studied product design in school um, and I took a couple sort of need finding classes, I think is what they were called. And that sort of gave me the first introduction to this idea about, you know, <laughs> learning about your customers and doing customer research and um, not building products without understanding what needs you're trying to solve for. Um, and I was really fascinated about just like this idea of, of you know, understanding customers and, and sort of really getting into what their pain points are and what the opportunities are. Um, and so I, after I graduated, I ended up joining Facebook, um, which at the time was this very, you know, nobody knew what it was <laughs> except for a few colleges. Um, this was a long time ago. Um, and I joined to do customer support. And so my job was to answer all of the emails that people sent asking about, you know, troubleshooting problems, asking questions, not understanding certain features, making feature requests. Um, and it was really fascinating because it was, it was, you know, at the time it was what I consider sort of customer insights, right? Like I was hearing directly from the people who were using the product. I was hearing the good things that they loved about it, but I was also hearing all the questions and complaints and suggestions that they had for things that they wanted to be different. And to me, 
you know, I didn't sort of realize it at the time, but this is sort of a form of, of research, right? Like it, this was, <laughs> they were giving me free research. That's got to be the, the most, so, the most, uh, the I most, really uh, like one of the nicest ways to describe a customer support team, free research. Like that is, <laughs> yeah. hi, we're the free and research that team. That's, that's awesome. I like that. They, I think customer support teams are such a hidden resource in companies. Like they have such an influx of really valuable and rich insights. Um, we, we, we can talk about that later, but, um, so I was really passionate about, you know, collecting all these insights and making sure that they were shared with the product team so that the product team could act on them. Because again, like people were describing all the things that they didn't understand about Facebook or all the features that were confusing. And we were able to, you know, directly make those better by, by, by sharing that with the product org. So I was really interested in that. And, you know, at the time there was no research team at Facebook so this was sort of like the only form of user feedback that there was. Um, and so I didn't, you know, I didn't really know that research was a f- like user research was a job or a field. I was kind of <laughs> just figuring things out. Um, but I had the opportunity to start the research team at Facebook. Um, so I had to learn pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> but I was really interested in like, you know, I was getting all this re- research, this free research from people writing in. To Facebook, but that felt like it was too late, right? Like we were we were launching features, and then we were waiting to hear what people said about it. That's obviously very backwards. <laughs> so how could I be interested in how could we start to get feedback from people before actually launching features? Saying that out loud, it sounds crazy. That's obviously <laughs> not a new thing now, but at the time, it was very new. <laughs> I mean, there there used to be the age of build it and there were come. That was the that was the adage of all technology companies. All you had to do was make something good yeah. or make something functional, and people would show up. I suppose that's not the case anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the case anymore. Um, and so, uh, you know, at the time. It was really, you know, we realized how valuable it was to get user feedback before we actually launched things. And so we got into this really great, you know, rhythm of it was very focused on usability at the time, but very focused on every week we would bring people into the office. We would show them a new feature. We would, you know, show them what we were working on. And it just became much more part of the of the culture and the way that products were built um, and, and ended up, you know, growing the research team from there. Uh, stayed there for a while and then about four years ago decided that I wanted to do something different and I really wanted the opportunity to go somewhere smaller again and to build another research team. So I started to talk to a bunch of companies and ended up falling in love with Slack, which is where I've been for almost four years. Wow. Um, what, what really stood out to you? You know, obviously, I'm sure there were no shortage of suitors at the time. You know, what were the things that really stood out to you that that made you feel like clearly it's worked out very well uh, in terms of a fit. So like, what were the signals that, that as you were looking for the right place for you that really stood out from uh, uh, at Slack? Yeah, I think the, it's a great question. I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I, I wanted to join somewhere that was small enough that, you know, I could do it from the beginning kind of, but also big enough that they were ready to invest in research. Um, And there's like not a ton of options. Um, it was so the first conversation I had was with April Underwood, who was the chief product officer at the time. Um, and it was like within two minutes of my conversation where I was like, oh, this is a place to be like she was very <laughs> she was extremely smart. But also you could just tell that Slack was so focused on the customer um, mm-hmm. and that that was like a huge part of like how everything at Slack works. 
Um, and that, I mean, that was like the number one thing that I was looking for, right? Like you want to do research in a place where people care about customers because that's what you do in research, right? Like it's all focused on, on the customers. And so that, that was clear in so many different aspects of Slack, not just in my conversations, but just like the whole recruiting process, how they treated me, like the, the fact that they were so like they, meaning like all the people I met in the interview process were so open about the fact that they didn't know everything that they, there were a lot of unknowns. Mm. There were a lot of things that they didn't, they didn't have the answer to yet. And I think the fact that people were so quick to admit that and own that was like so refreshing to me because so often you work with people who <laughs> they, they know what's best. They rely on their intuition and that's not necessarily bad, but when you're building a product that's supposed to impact the working lives of as many people as possible, you can't know everything. And to, to be able to be yeah. humble and to show that humility, I think is just so important. So that was like the, the main thing that really struck me by, about Slack. That's, that's awesome. I mean, we'll talk about it in a, in a, in a, in a hot minute or two, but uh, the, it, the, I feel like, um, and it'd be interesting to get your thoughts, that the company culture piece is critical to research success and also really builds off of like what successful research culture looks like. I mean, maybe, maybe we should just switch into that even right now. Do you have some thoughts on like what, uh, what successful research, like what are the characteristics of successful research culture? And maybe we even want to take a step back and say, like in your view, what is the mandate of a research team uh, in, a, in a modern company? That's, that's such a great question. So I don't think that there is like the one perfect mandate. I think it really depends on the company. It depends on what the needs are. Um, I do think, I, I obviously believe, I, I believe in our mandate. <laughs> um, so so what, what we talk about as a team um, is that our job is to help the company understand what matters most. Um, and... And, and, and I hesitate to say that that is the perfect mandate for everyone, because again, I think companies are different. And I think part of being a successful research team is really understanding what your unique company's needs are and really sort of fitting to that. Um, but at least the way that it is at Slack is like, I really think our job is to, to help people understand what matters most. And, and, and I think that's an important, I think it's important to sort of dig into that a little bit, because when you, when you think about research teams at different organizations. And I've, you know, I haven't been in a, a million organizations, but I've talked to many, I've talked to many researchers across different companies. I, you, you see sort of like this, this disconnect where there's some, some researchers who are very much, you know, we, we take, you know, we take direction from design, we take direction from product, we help people, you know, answer the most important questions that they have. And then you sort of see the other end of the spectrum, which is like, we define the questions, like we help set the, the direction and we help set the roadmap. And I really believe that it's our job as researchers to help, to help sort of carve the path and to help people understand where we should be going next. And it's important for us to take direction. It's important for us to hear what people care about. But I think it's our job to take sort of like that bird's eye view and really understand where should we be going next? What are the most important questions we should be answering? And on the very first day that I joined Slack, I had a conversation. Well, I don't know if it was the first day, maybe the first week with Stuart, our CEO. Um, 
And he specifically said, he said, your job is not to take directions from PM. We hired you as an expert researcher and we want you to tell us what is the most important thing to work on. So you should be the person who says, you know, this is the research opportunity that my team is going to go after because this is what's going to matter most for the company. And of course, you know, of course we listen to PMs and we listen to designers and we care about what our stakeholders, you know, think and, and, and care about. But we need to be the people who sort of bring that all together and to understand what are the opportunity areas, where are the, 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 the things that we should go after next. And if we're not doing that, like who, who's going to do that? And so I do think it's a huge part of our job to sort of look at the, for, like see the forest through the trees, whatever that saying is. Um, and it, because, because, you know, when you think about PMs, when you think about designers, they're so focused on their area and that's what they should be focused on. But like how, who's thinking about like the holistic customer journey, who's thinking about how that works right. together and who's sort of spotting those gaps and opportunity areas. That is a very, um, I think that's very different from the experiences of the vast majority of researchers. I, I, can think back to almost all of my experiences and it's been, uh, you know, a very top down from a non-researcher. Here's the thing that we need to go explore. Can you go figure that out? And I don't, I can't really think of many times in my career where I've pushed back on that and said, wait, I'm not even sure if that's where we should be focused. And the, the case that you're making here is it's very compelling. Like who else is in a really good position to, make those judgments about where the opportunities are and more importantly to acquire the information to, to choose wisely about where we need to focus. And so is this like, do you think this is an underdeveloped skill, broadly speaking, among the research community of like being comfortable pushing back, being comfortable expressing a dissenting point of view, especially to like, you know, folks who have super senior roles in, in companies? Yeah. And I think I do. I absolutely do. And this is something that I definitely look for when I hire people. Um, I think, I think there's the, the thing that you just talked about, which is like pushing back on senior people. I don't think it's always pushing back. I think sometimes it's like, cause their questions are always valid, but oftentimes right. like, I think it's easy to sort of take those questions at face value and, and not sort of explore what is like the opportunity around those questions, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, oftentimes, you know, somebody will ask us a question about our particular product feature and we'll sort of position it in and sort of, you know, we'll still address it, but it'll be part of like a much bigger initiative that nobody would have ever come to us to ask about, but we saw as the opportunity. And I think that's the piece that's really hard is to, is to find researchers who can sort of think more broadly when they roadmap. I think roadmapping is like a really, really important skill that is like very challenging and mm-hmm. I, that's something that I think is really important for researchers develop, to develop. And that's something that I look for when I interview people. But like the, the ability to like really plan and see like the bigger opportunities in front of you versus just sort of like the tactical things that need to happen tomorrow. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So like what are when you think about like the opportunity space, when you think about um, the product space, like what does it all look like? together and how can you sort of plan that out so that you're not just answering ad hoc questions here and there. It's like all part of like this grander plan for like what you want to learn over the next year or two. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When you think about, um, 
you know, obviously companies have culture and you already mentioned for Slack, right? Part of like a key piece of the culture, this like customer, um, uh, like deep customer focus on what their problems are, learning more about them. Sub teams have subcultures as well. Um, and can you, can you unpack a little bit more as to what that looks like at Slack? And, you know, as the person who started the team, right, generally teams tend to take on characteristics often of the leaders and whatnot. Is there stuff that you've been really intentional about trying to build into the culture? Um, and, and can you explain why those were important if, if there are particular pieces? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I think, I think one thing that I touched on a little bit earlier is I think that, um, you know, our job I, I mentioned is like to help the company understand what matters most, but I think our job is also to understand like the holistic customer journey. And so it's important to understand from the viewpoint of a customer, what is their experience using Slack from start to finish? And what I always say to the team is like, our customers do not care how we're organized internally. They don't care what our org structure looks like. <laughs> and, and, I think it's, and I think it's really easy for internal teams to get so, um, to get distracted by the way that organizations are set up internally that they work in like, you know, product teams end up working in their silos and they, you know, they work very, very, you know, closely about on, on whatever their product area is, but who's thinking about how all of those work together and who's thinking about what it's going to feel like when you're an actual customer and you're trying to use this one feature and this other feature together, but they were built by two different teams who maybe have like slightly different, you know, working styles or whatever. And I think, I think that's like a huge part of like what I think our team is responsible for is like, how does this actually feel from a customer? And so what that requires, and this is something that I've been very intentional about, is that requires that our team does not feel siloed, that we work really collaboratively with one another. And that when I'm doing research about a particular product area, I'm taking the time to collaborate with the adjacent researcher who's working on the adjacent mm. product area and that we're reconciling insights. We're sharing insights often. We're very collaborative. And so there's never that situation where we share something and then our stakeholders say, Hey, that's interesting that you learned that that other researcher learned something that sounds a little bit in conflict with that. Like, I think yeah. it's our job to like take the time to reconcile that and to understand how all of our insights fit together and to, and to not tell a story just about, the one thing that we learned, but like how that thing ties into a bigger narrative that includes a lot of the research that's happening throughout the research and analytics group. And so I think that there is a huge thing that is very important to me, which is just about this whole providing like that one, like cohesive narrative together and making sure that we take the time, it's our responsibility to take the time to tie everything together. And it can't just be it can't just be like that one study that we did in our area. Does that so make sense? Ta tactically, sp yeah, tactically speaking, though, I mean, uh, we, uh, I don't know of any companies that, that um, espouse not working collaboratively. I think everybody is excited, like thinks that that's important. The, I, the thing that I've always seen companies struggle with is how do you actually put that into practice, especially you know, from a researcher who's probably like so deeply focused on the problem that you're working on, are there certain rituals or um, uh, institutions that you've put in place to make sure that this happens effectively and frequently among your team? 
It's good to hear that you think that this is something that everyone wants to do because I don't always find that. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because that makes me feel better. Um, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I think there's a couple things that I would mention. So I think one is just, I think it's, I think, again, I talk about roadmapping a lot and I could probably talk for hours about roadmapping because I think that this is one of the most important things that we do and one of the most important processes that we go through to make sure that all of the work is set up for success. And so I think that there's a lot of pre-work that we can do that organizes all of the individual researchers and the analysts and individual projects around bigger themes. And so mm -hmm. perhaps there's a theme around like Slack value. And there's probably 10 different projects that are going on around the company that all relate to Slack value. But we've sort of organized it to understand what is the umbrella that it fits under and that sort of gives people the signal that like these projects should probably work well together. Right. They should probably be talking to each other. This roadmap, you know, that this roadmap or one of the themes on our roadmap. So we have, we usually have like five or so themes. One of them is about Slack value here, are sort of like the overarching goals on Slack value, but here are the 10 projects that we're working on that all sort of ladder up to that. And it's a good idea for you to be aware of all of these other projects, how they fit together, what this project is going to answer that this project isn't, what you know audience we're going after for this one and not that one. But it, it sort of helps you organize it and orient around like what are the other things that are happening so that as researchers and analysts, you know who you should be working on. And they're sort of like that. Go ahead. So, so that's really – okay, you touched on like five things that I wish I had all the time in the world to Sorry. dig into. But <laughs> no, no. Uh, I want to so if make sure I understand this correctly. So you're explicitly calling out from the very beginning because of that roadmapping work that you're doing, explicitly calling out these are the projects that are intertwined, that are interconnected, and the responsibility is now on you as a researcher and the team that you're working with to share that with other folks that we have already told everybody that you are working on on related things. So Exactly. It's kind of creates inherent accountability there because everybody knows who's under that same umbrella. Exactly. And I think it also just, it, it creates more clarity for, you know, what other things are happening that you should be aware of as a researcher. Um, I think also the themes are, are as designed, not product pillar specific. They sort of go across mm -hmm. the whole Slack experience. And so, in yeah, I'm, I'm about to hit on that too in a second okay. because the, 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 uh, it's fun. I'm, I'm glad that you picked that particular theme of Slack value to call out because that's very interesting. I don't know if I've ever, you know, when we think about how we orient research, I don't know if I've really heard of people not orienting research from, uh, I don't know if it's more of a, um, micro point of view of like, here's a problem we want to solve or a feature set we want to build. But it sounds like you have continuous research based on the, like, what value are we providing at Slack? Is that correct? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, I mean, maybe, but when I say Slack value, <laughs> that's more like, um, that's more like understanding the value that people get from the Slack product. Um, understanding. Right. But that's, that's, I don't, I think, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of any research team focused on that ever because oh, okay. everybody's always focused on like the next feature set, the next problem, but to have like, to be allocating people and resources towards continuously understanding the evolving value that your product provides. Yeah. That's, where did that, so this is going to tie into like 
another thing, which is this idea of research leadership. And I think that because of a lot of the experience that you have, you have a really unique kind of lens on this. Where does where does this idea of needing to continuously research the value that Slack provides come from? Um, and and is this really a thing that uh, is a commitment from you as a leader of this function to always need to be studying and how this changes over time? Um, that, yeah. I would love to take credit for that. I think that... Um, <laughs> I think this goes back to like Slack's in, intense like focus on customers, um, and right. like Stuart talks about this a lot. Like everything that we're doing is is for for customers to get more value of Slack. Like if we're not if we're if we're not focused on that, then we shouldn't be doing anything. Um, and so it, it really did come from come from above. And, and again, that's like that's just like how Slack is. Like we we care about our customers. We want our customers to get as much value as possible. And so it seemed like a pretty obvious theme for us to focus on as a team, which is like, well, let's wow. make sure that that's actually happening. So let's track it. Let's like, you know, put measures in place to actually track how we're doing over time. But then let's also like really dig into like how we can improve upon that. And like, how can we, what does value look like from an admin, from a developer, from an end user? Um, there's so many different ways to measure value. Like there's so much in there to unpack, but like the actual like theme I think was, it was, it was very obvious that's, when I was doing that this would be an important thing to do. <laughs> that that seems, it's that's hilarious. That seems like such an obvious thing that we should be researching all the time, right? Because it's changing all the time. Our customers are changing all the time. Our, our products are changing all the time. But I don't know if I've ever heard of a team continuously if, like researching how value is provided and how that changes over time. That's really... Maybe I don't think that I'm I'm living under a rock. Like I feel like this is probably I feel like I'm in a good position to know these things, but I I've, I've never heard of that. That's 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 a that's a thing. That's really cool. Maybe yeah. maybe we can I, yeah I go ahead. The day, like if we don't understand that, like how how can you make any decisions if you don't know? I, I guess yeah. Maybe when I, when you say it, it sounds obvious, but um, I definitely trust you if you say that you're not hearing this a lot. Um, it's hard, it's hard for me to imagine doing our job without understanding that. Right. I mean, that makes total sense. Well, I think, I think that there's a lot, um, and we could probably go on for hours about this, but a lot of things that are really unique to the research team at Slack in terms of the way you operate, um, the way you, like the culture that you have here. One, one thing that I really want to make sure we, we touch on here towards the end of this is what is it, what does leadership mean for a researcher? And not necessarily just like, you know, as the head of the research function, but when you think about researchers taking, taking a leadership role, taking lead on projects, taking a lead on the development of the, and growth of the company, can you like unpack a little bit in terms of what you think that means how you look for that, you know, in, in, yeah. in your experience building teams? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think there's a couple things. I think I really like to think of our team as, I mean, obviously, like doing research is one of the skills that we provide, but I think that there's so much more to it than that. I think you really need to be a partner. Um, and I think you need to, you need to, um, you're not just executing research for the team. You're really partnering on understanding what the team is trying to accomplish. And, and with that, it's understanding what we should be focusing on, what we should be studying. Um, 
it's acting as an advisor and helping make, you know, strategic decisions. I think one of the things that I hear a lot is like PMs, you know, researchers saying, Hey, I'm just waiting for my PM to tell me like what my roadmap is. And like that is to me, that is like, a roadmap. <laughs> it is not the PM's job to tell you what your roadmap is. But I think that that's, that's very, that's very often the case. And I think it's, it's up to people to like, to really, to, to be that, to be that leader who, who understands the space just as well as the product team and says like, I know everything that we're trying to accomplish and all the challenges that we're going to face. And this is what I think are the big research opportunities. I think you need to be an advisor. I think you need to be a teacher. I think you need to help your, your, um, your product team understand the opportunity. I think you need to be a librarian. I keep using that term, which is like, (laughs) there's like so much research knowledge out there, either that you've done or that other people have done. How can you make sure to be that librarian who points people to the right place and, and, and just to be like a really strategic partner. I think you need to show up, you need to be involved, not just when you're doing the research, but through the rest of the process where you're sharing the findings and following up and making sure that things are happening. Like that's what being a research leader to me means. That's brilliant. So some takeaways for all of our listeners. One, be a better partner and advisor to all the people you're working with. Two, Get started on your own research roadmap, like right away. That's that's your responsibility. Um, and I think one of the key third things here is, um, you know, don't wait to don't wait for the initiative, right? Yeah. <laughs> like become become knowledgeable about the rest of the business, about what other people are thinking about. Um, you know, it's okay for you to not wait for somebody else to tell you what to do. Like let's 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 take the lead on this stuff. That's brilliant. That is exactly the best recap I could have come up with. <laughs> <laughs> Too generous. Uh, it was all it was all your words that I got to listen to and then regurgitate into. You were much more eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, um, like I said, I could talk to you for hours. Uh, I'm incredibly grateful that you took some time out of your busy schedule to chat with me and and the rest of our audience. Um, Thank you. So uh, with that, um, I think we'll we'll bring this podcast to an end. Are you going to be hiring anybody anytime soon? Where can we? Where can, you know, maybe, maybe this conference doesn't go so well and I'm on the market. Maybe I need to reach out. Like, oh where can gosh, we find please, out? Please come work with us. Yes, <laughs> um, we have a few open roles, slack.com slash careers. would love to hear from you. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christina. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Alec. Have a good day. Cheers. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the UXR podcast. If you liked it, hit the subscribe button so you get notified the next time an episode is published. And if you're up for it, we'd love for you to leave us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. And don't forget to check out our new remote friendly conference, UXR Conf Anywhere. You can check that out by going to uxrconference.com. We've got a ton of great programming to help you meet and hang out and connect with researchers from all over the world, from the comfort of your own home. And we're putting on a really great production with all of our speakers to deliver the world's most interesting research content anywhere. We hope you join us. Check out UXRConf anywhere at uxrconf.com.